Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. We are in the middle of February. Kids are back at school. Everything is, uh, they're right into it right now. In fact, my, my oldest, his name is Judah. Uh, he's in grade six this year. And Judah, uh, I've been having a chat with him about what he wants to be when he grows up, what, what he's going to do. And so, you know, he's trying to think about, you know, his career path and, and what he wants to give himself to as he starts to get older. And, you know, the thing is, is that when you're a, um, wanna, when, when you are a kid, for example, uh, people come and tell you, hey, you know what? You can do anything. You could do anything. And, you know, the same sort of thing that I say to my son, Judah, and, and, and you know, uh, Isaac and Eliana, my kids, say, hey, you guys can do anything. You can do anything that you want. And, you know, for a period of time, that is true, right? Because when they're little, I mean, geez, you don't know. I mean, they really might grow up to do anything. But the thing that I've discovered is that as time goes on, those things that you told them they could do anything, those things start to narrow. They start to refine. It starts to get more obvious. And it starts to get more obvious because, well, you know, to be honest, you just realize that there are some things that you are not skilled at, some things that you are skilled at, and uh, you've got to pay attention uh, to where you're limited. I know that for me, you know, growing up, one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to be a jet fighter pilot. All right, so I, I, there's a couple of things I wanted to do. I wanted to drive a, a, a big old bus with a squishy part in the middle. I thought that'd be cool. And I thought the other thing that would be cool would be to be a pilot. And, you know, for a little while, you know, people encouraged me, hey, you can do anything. You know, you can be a pilot when you grow up if you want to. And then we realized, well, at least I realized that, that if you're going to be a pilot, you need some maths, right? And so it started to become increasingly obvious as I began to progress my way through school and high school that, you know, I was never really going to be a pilot. It just became more obvious. And, and, and this is the thing, like it, it starts to narrow as you start to grow. And one of the things that I've learned is that there are some things that you are gifted for and there are some things that you are hoping for and you would do well to know the difference. Some things you're gifted for, some things you're just really hoping you would do well to know the difference because no one wants to spend their time pursuing something that they're not gifted at, circling Mount Disappointment while you figure out what everyone else already knows, you're not supposed to be doing this. And we just would do better if we could figure it out ourselves. I wanna read a scripture to you today. This comes out of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, As each has received a gift... Just maybe underline that in the Bible. Received a gift. Use it to what? To serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. That sounds very impressive. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, not some things, but in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know, when, when I first came back to church, I remember walking in and after a little while, I started to think, you know, I wouldn't mind getting involved in this thing, this thing called church. I wouldn't mind 
participating and, and, and being part of it, if I can do that in some way. And so, so we didn't really have any pathways for how to get into anything. So I just started eyeing people's jobs off and started to think, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe that's something that, that I could do. And I remember we had this guy, the same guy at the gate that greeted you on the way in, same guy every week. And I'm telling you, he loved that job. No one was going to wrestle that job from him. So I looked at Atawa, hey, saying hi and welcome to church. That, that one's taken because he's never given it up. And then I started to look around. I started to think, hey, what, can, what, what else could I do? And I, I remember I walked into the, the foyer and there was a little bit of a kitchenette in there. People were cooking things in there. And I thought, well, that's not my skill. So I thought, like, I mean, I just already know that I'm, just, I'm not going to cook. And we want people to come back to church, so I'm not going to cook. And so I started to look around. We're in the church service and, and I'm looking at all these people. And they're, they're like, I mean, honestly, like I look at the musicians and I'm still amazed at what they do. And I, I looked at it and I thought, maybe, nah, that's not me. I, I just knew straight away. I mean, I cannot play an instrument. I, I am not good with this stuff. Um, you know, for many years, my, my wife would stand next to me and just try to help me while we're in worship. See, sometimes when I get a little bit excited in worship, I start to clap. And I realized that I don't really clap in time. In fact, I remember one specific time, my wife, Sarah, Pastor Sarah, she reaches over and she grabs my hands and she goes, you're not clapping with the rest of us. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. That's not my, that's not my thing. So I knew drums was not my thing and, and, and guitar and, and singing and all that. And so I started to look around, you know. And so I thought, you know, I, I mean, all these people, they're so spiritual and they've got all these gifts and talents and abilities. And look at me, I... I mean, I just don't really have anything. In fact, I was pretty sure early on that I had no spiritual gifts and nothing really to offer. I did have this one thing that I used to do, still do it, right? And the one thing that I did is I just talk. And, and, and I have a high word count. I like to talk and, and I talk a lot, right? And that's just like a natural thing though, right? And so, and so I thought, man, I, I don't know, can God ever really use that? And Turns out that he can. In fact, I started to look at the gifts and the things that were in the scriptures. And, um, and I started to look at it. So apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, all of these people, they need to speak. They need to say something. And I thought, man, God, maybe God can, can use this. And the more you put your, your gifts and, and what God's given to you in his hands, he starts to draw it out. Listen to what Peter says. He says, as each has received a gift as each person has received a gift did you know that each person has at least one spiritual gift and you come into church and maybe you see other people and you think I can see what they have but the truth is each person has at least one just say put your hand on your heart and say I've got one I've got one I've got one at least one spiritual gift. And look at what it says. It says that He's given it to you. He's given you something. There's something that you have. And maybe you're not even aware of it right now, but you have a gift. There's something for you to do. Now, the thing is, and I've discovered that a lot of people spend time trying to figure out what that is. In fact, I found out recently through some studies and some research that there is a huge portion of the church that have got into their older years and they're still struggling to find out what their gift really is. And I thought, you know what would be really helpful today is what if for the next few moments, what we did is we started to try to talk about and figure out what the thing is that God has given to you. 
I've realized there's a couple of ways to locate your, your gift. One of the things that you look at is something that you are really passionate about. You know, just something that you're passionate about. You care about it so deeply. It matters to you. And, and I don't know what that thing is, but if there's something in your life that really matters to you and you say, God, God this stuff is just so important. And I, I wish that we could do better in this area, you know, or, or, or I just want to get involved, right? That, that could be something. Your gift might be somewhere in that area. The other way that you can locate your gift, and, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but the other way that you can do it is you start to pay attention to the stuff that really irritates you. It annoys you. You don't know why we do that. You don't know why the church says, as a, we could do that thing better. And you go in and you see it and there's a light, no one's switching it on. And you're like, we should switch all the lights on. And why is that TV off? And these little things that start to bug out, hey, that could be an indication that your gift mix and, and, and the thing that God has given to you, it's somewhere within the vicinity of those things that I'm talking about. It just might be a clue. So your gift which I often would refer to as your calling, because think about it. Now think about it. If God gave it to you, He's going to call it out. That's why He gave it. He doesn't give you gifts so that you can just hold on to it. He has no intention of leaving what's in you, in you. He put it in you with the intention of calling it out of you. So your gift and your calling, right? are often located, and we're going to get a little bit more specific now, within the intersection of your passion and your skill set. It's somewhere within the vicinity of your passion and your skill set. See, the thing is, is if you are not passionate about something, but you are skilled at it, people will come and ask you, but, but you don't want to do it. So you're not going to do it. You, you just don't really care about it. So you're not passionate, but you are skilled. On the other hand, sometimes people are very passionate about something and they are not good at it. Like completely unskilled at it. And, and it's worse when they don't know. And, and, and you have to try to find a way to tell them. And everyone, trust me, everyone else already knows what you're still trying to figure out. You're passionate, but you're not skilled at it. If that's you, please, for the love of God, don't pursue that thing. Don't pursue it thinking it's your gift because it's not. Again, what will you do? You'll just circle Mount Disappointment, wondering why doors aren't being opened and why things aren't really shifting for you or moving in that direction. And it might just be that as much as you love it, you're just not good at it. And what a waste of time it would be for anyone to have a spiritual gift and use all of their time in the pursuit of something they're not supposed to do. Now, Peter says you have at least one spiritual gift. So you've got something. The thing that you've got to do is start to figure it out. Learn what you're supposed to do. And here's the real question. If you figure out what it is, what are you going to do with what God gives to you? What are, you, what are you going to do with it? He suddenly realized I'm passionate, I'm skilled in a specific area. Here is some value that I can add. What, 
What are you going to do with it? You know, in December last year, I decided that one of the things that, it's a job that has been there for a really long time, and I decided I'm, I'm going to get up, I'm going to clean out my gutters, which is just not a great job. Thank you. And so, and so I'm, I'm going to clean out my gutters. So I get up there, and I start trying to get my hand into the gutter, and in, in some spaces around the gutter, it's, it's, it's a very short distance between the tiles and the edge of the gutter. So I can't really quite get my, my hand into the gutter. And, and after about five minutes, I said, this is ridiculous. I, I, I hate wasting time. And, and so I said, you know what? There's got to be some kind of tool out there that, that does this job. I'm, 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 why should I? I'm going to be up here for like hours, three or four hours trying to do this. But there's got to be a tool. So I do what so many men do. I said, off to Bunnings. And that was, you know, the first thing that I did. I'm going to find a tool and there's going to be something that will help. So, so I got down there and I'm looking around and I, I can see these different tools, right? And, and and I said to this guy, I said, hey, I said, could you help me out? I said, I'm looking for a very specific tool. I'm looking for something that can clean out a gutter. He said, you want to clean the gutter? I said, yeah. He goes, well, you could just use that, that tool right there. And I looked at this thing that I had seen before. And I looked at it and I'm like, you know what? This just looks like a little putter. This is like a putter for a small child. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, this, that, that, I, this is what this is for. He's like, yeah, that's going to clean out your gutters. I said, all right. So I, so I grabbed it and I took it home and I got up there on the roof. I mean, there is something so sweet about finding a tool that cuts your time in half, you know? And, and, and so I, I got this thing and I started to clean out the gutter and all the leaves are coming out. And it turned that job that was going to be a long time into a very short time, right? And I looked at this tool. I thought, man, you know, the whole time I thought, what a stupid looking tool. This, I don't even know what it's for. I thought it was a kid's right? And it doesn't make sense until you use it properly. Now, if I take this mini putter slash gutter tool and I try to use it like a hammer, I got to tell you, it makes a bad hammer, but it is awesome at getting things out of my gutter. And that's what your gift is like. I mean, you try to Take what you've got and use it in the wrong way on an area that you're not skilled at, in an area that you're not graceful, right? It's just not working. It doesn't happen. But there is something that happens when you take your gift and you use it in the way that God intended it, the way that He designed it. And suddenly you were felt like you were being held back, but all of a sudden you are moving forwards and doors are opening and things are getting easier. Why? You're using what you've got the way God wanted you to use it. Now, this is a very important point today. And if you're taking notes, which all of you are, I would get you to write this part down. Your gift is your grace. Just see if you can commit that to memory. Your gift is your grace. Your gift is your grace. You have a zone. And in that zone of your giftedness, there is a grace for you. And in that zone, you are awesome. No, really, you are amazing. You are incredible. In the zone of your grace, in the area of your gifting, should you decide to step out of that, you are not so good. You're amazing when you're functioning the way 
that you're supposed to do. There's grace for you. Now, the thing about grace is this. If we think about the gospel, the gospel message is a message of grace. What, is, what do we know about the Scriptures? You are saved by grace through faith in Christ. So all of how you get into a relationship with God and, and the gospel, it's a message about being saved by grace. But did you know that you are also gifted by grace? That's grace upon grace. See, God's not just trying to reach you and help you and save you and leave you. He wants to reach you and save you and gift you and grace you. And then He starts to get you to use what He's gifted and graced you with to do something significant for His kingdom. Now, when we say that you've got a gift by grace, what does that mean? Except that you did not earn it. It was given to you. You just received it. And you've never felt like it was a gift because as far as you can tell, all your life, this area has always been so easy for you. It's been something that you've just naturally been good at. You've never thought about it as being a gift that was received by God. I mean, you, you get a family together and you have brothers and sisters and line them up and some are gifted with the ability to sing and they're amazing and they sound like angels. And then the other ones, you're like, get down there. You know, like, like please don't sing. We don't want to listen to you, right? Why is it? They've got the same genetics. They come from the same parents and yet one is gifted in an area that the other is not. God has varied grace. It's just different in different people's lives. Please do me a favor. Don't spend your life being envious of the grace that someone else has, or you're going to spend your life leaning into the lane of other people and wondering why you don't have what they have. Because you're not made for that. You're not gifted or graced in that area. Look at, look at, look at this. Peter says in the Scripture we read today that there are two Categories. Now, there's lots of categories of God's gifting and grace. We'll read that in a moment. But he says there's speaking and serving. But look at this. He says there is speaking and serving, but he says both require dependence on God. It required dependence on God. See, the thing is, is that there are a lot of people out there that are just gifted with natural things. I mean, think about it. He said speaking. Now, speaking is a natural thing. But when it's paired with grace and dependency, it becomes a gift. Do you see that? This is what the Scripture is saying. You know, a lot of people, they're just, they're just naturally talented. They're naturally gifted in some area. But when it's paired with God's grace and your dependency on Him, suddenly that natural gift does something supernatural. It, it, because you're starting to lay it down. You're starting to serve it. You're starting to give it back. It becomes a spiritual gift. Look at, look at the Scriptures. It says in Romans chapter 12, 6 to 8, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Now, pay attention to this. Let us use them. I just underlined that. Hey, come on, everybody. Use your gift. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving to the one who teaches in his teaching. Notice how all of the expressions are in line with the gifts and the grace that's there. 
So the teacher's not trying to do the other thing. He's trying to just teach. That makes sense. You move in the area of your grace. In verse 8, it says, The one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Your gift is your grace. Your gift is your grace. Now, now look at what Paul says. Look at them. He said, prophecy and service and teaching. And all of those things, we see that and they look spiritual and we identify, I mean, especially prophecy and teaching. Like we see those things and we say, come on now, that's definitely spiritual. But he also adds a couple of other things there. Like, look at this. He says, generosity. And we're saying that there is a gift and a grace, but Paul's listing things like generosity. Oh, hang on, wait a minute. Time out. I thought you said, I thought we were talking about spiritual gifts. And all of a sudden, we're talking about generosity. Generosity, that, that can't be a spiritual thing, right? Listen to what it says. Generosity, zeal, cheerfulness. See, there are some people that would want to take those spiritual gifts and water them down and say things like, well, that's not spiritual. You're just good at it. You know, like zeal. You're just passionate. That's not a gift, right? Cheerfulness. Come on, really? Is, is, is that a gift? Aren't you just, you're just a nice person. You're just happy all of, all of the time. Are we sure that's a gift? We, we see things like contribute. That's not a gift. Contributing is not a gift. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, it is when you're generous. Because if you contribute and you're generous, that's the kind of thing that builds churches. That's the kind of thing that extends the kingdom of God. That's the kind of thing that reaches out to poverty and lifts people out of their circumstances. That's the kind of thing that looks at homeless people and says, I can afford to make a difference, right? So yeah, I understand contribution and stinginess isn't really a gift, right? But contribution and generosity, come on now, with a grace and a dependency on God, that kind of thing starts to change the world. Lead. Lead, that's not a thing. Come on. Look, we see around the world, you don't have to be spiritual to be a leader. Okay, that's not spiritual. Oh, yes, it is. It is when you lead people passionately in the pursuit of a life with Jesus. Do you see that? So like leadership, is it a natural thing? Oh, absolutely. But pair it with grace and dependency of God, on God and suddenly you're leading people in a direction towards Jesus. That's a spiritual gift. And you know, the thing is, is that we need more great leaders because leaders influence the world around them. And one thing we are clear on is that this world needs to be influenced for the kingdom of God. We need more leaders. Now, the thing about this is, is that we see the gifts of contribution and leadership, but do you see how they only work as a spiritual gift when they're used in the act of service? That's when it becomes a spiritual gift. When it's used in the act of service. See, you don't have to use your gift to serve God. Have you noticed that? Sure you have. 
you don't have to use your, your gift to advance the kingdom of God. You don't have to use the area of your grace to, to help the church grow or do anything. You don't, you don't have to do that. In fact, this is important, right? You can use whatever God's given you, you can use it to serve you. You can use the grace that God's given to you, you can use that to serve yourself. And come on, this isn't weird. Like a lot of people do this and this is an unusual. And you know, I would be lying if I didn't tell you the truth about this. Anybody that takes the gift that God has given to them, the grace that He has for their life, and anyone that uses it to serve themselves, man, the devil just loves that. He loves it. In fact, can I tell you, when it comes to the areas of gifting and grace, the devil has done, he has put out some great teaching on the subject. He's put out, in fact, he has put out a three-part series that I see a lot of people just subscribe to. It's obvious that they've been listening to it, right? Week one, serve yourself. That's, that's the devil's opening week. Week one of his series, right? Serve yourself. Week two, they don't need you. That's his big idea, the main idea. They don't need you. Serve yourself. Come on, help yourself. You know, you, you've just got to look after you. Come on, right? Now is not the time to help other people. Now is the time for self-care, okay? You've got to look inwardly. You've got to focus inwardly. You've got to just, you know, we're in a tough season. The sands are shifting. It's really difficult, right? Just give away your responsibilities and, 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 and drop off all your responsibilities. and Just look after you. You do you and just look after you. And, you know, that's only week two. It gets to week three, and if, you, if you're still interested in helping, he says, oh, they're just using you. Oh, the church is just using you. They just want your gift, and, and they want it for free. Yeah! God gave you that gift to serve His house. Exodus 35, 30-33 says this. In my Bible, it says the construction of the tabernacle. So the tabernacle translation, it means portable church. Set up tent, pop up tent church. In verse 30, it says, Then Moses said to the people of Israel, Now please listen to these words. See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he, being God, has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and get this for practical skills. He's filled him with all craftsmanship for the purpose, and it says it now in verse 32, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood for work in every skilled craft God gave him this skill, this talent, this ability. And it says he called him by name for a very specific purpose. See, Bezalel had a great skill. He's got this awesome skill. And the truth is, Bezalel can do anything that he wants with it. He, he can do anything. In fact, right, he could have just said to himself, 
I've been doing, I've just done this three-part series on the devil's teaching. It's brilliant. It's very, very good. I did week one and I was convinced that I should take my gift and serve myself. So I've decided that what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave Israel because they pay me nothing anyway. It's like all for the kingdom or something. And what they're going to do instead, I'm, I'm going to take this gift and I'm going to take it to the pagan cultures around me. I could build the best little idols with the skills that I have. I could craft something of, of beauty and, and something something amazing I could put I could make that little head move on the idol you know like I could I could make some money if I take this skill and use it somewhere else go that sounds so wrong yeah it is but people do it all the time and it happens all the time and we take what God has given to us and just use it in other areas maybe 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 sadly Right, not use it ever in the area that God gave it to us for in the first place. And I think that's, that's kind of sad. See, like we all give, right? I mean, like, so for me, when I gave my life to Jesus, no one told me you have to give financially. If you want to come to this church, you've you got to start to give, right? No one told me that. I just... You know, I, I just, I had such an encounter with God. I said, we have to do everything that we can to get this message to the world around us. <laughs> Honestly, and I, I'm, I really mean this, for me, it was more like, take my money. <laughs> because I cared so much about what church was doing, right? So we all give, but God gives some people the ability to be very wealthy. They just have a grace for it. And all their lives, it was natural. They didn't even realize it. it. Just doors would open, things would happen for them. The promotion came and they got it. Things just clicked in their minds, right? Why? They were, they were gifted for it, right? But it becomes a spiritual gift when they use it to serve the kingdom. And then it becomes meaningful. Then it becomes significant. Some people, you know, they, they can sing so well, okay? They just got amazing voices. They sing and and and... and they sound like the angels, right? I don't know what the angels sound like, but it would, like them, okay? The angels sound like them. So they sing and, and they're amazing. And you say, you are incredible, right? Hey, you know what you would be really great at? You should join the creative team. They would love, they would love to have you on, on, on the creative team. They go, no, 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 I don't want that. Why? Oh, that probably means I need to commit to coming to practice every couple of weeks. And I'm not prepared to do that. So what are you going to do with your gift? Ah, I thought I'd just keep it for myself, actually. I really plan on doing a lot of shower singing. I'm just going to sing in the shower. I mean, I'll enjoy it. No one else will, but, but it would be good for me. And it's like, are you crazy? God has given you something amazing. And if you take it and you use it in the way that He's designed it for, it would bring glory to Him. Uh, some, some people are just amazing with other people. And you say, you know what you'd be so great at doing? You, you could be a small group leader or you could be on the host team or you could welcome people. You, there's amazing things that you could do. And they say, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't want any of that. Why? Well, I would have to commit to a roster and I don't like being locked down. For real? So your fear of being... Lockdown, as you say, is the thing that's going to keep you from using your gift. Are you crazy? What are you going to do with it? Oh, my family will benefit from it. You know, my friends at work, you know, 
Oh, but what if you were to use it to spiritually influence people in the way that God designed it? I mean, you would be amazing if you just used it. Come on now. Don't waste your gift. Don't waste what God has given to you. See, even if you don't use your gift to serve God, the truth is He'll He'll let you keep it. You know that? He'll still let you keep it. He doesn't take it away from you. Romans eleven twenty nine says, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. See, even if you misuse the gift that God has given to you, He doesn't withdraw it. He doesn't take it away. He doesn't pull it back, even if you misuse it. And the truth is, if you look around today, and we have seen these things happen recently, we see people that are incredibly gifted and talented, right? And then we read a story in the newspaper and we see there's some mistake that they've made in their life. And, and suddenly we go, you know, how did they do that? I can't believe it. And we're all shocked, right? We're all shocked. I cannot believe that they did this, right? And you know what shocks us the most? Because we see their gift and we say, how could someone so gifted make a mistake? Well, the gift was just given. It continued to open doors. The thing that sometimes people lack is character. And the reason why that happens is because character is the thing that you need to work at. In fact, the truth is, is that God, what can you really give God? What can you give to Him? He owns the, the, the cattle on a thousand hills. What can you give to Him that He doesn't already have? And the answer is really just one thing. The one thing that you give back to Him is your character. He has everything, but that's the thing that you give to Him. That's the thing that you begin to lay down. Listen what Exodus 36 verse 2 says. It says, Moses called this guy, this talented guy, Bezalel and Eliab, and, he, and every craftsman in whose mind, now listen to this, the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come do the work, whose heart stirred him, whose heart stirred him. And that's the key. He called them all. He called everyone. All are called. Everyone's called, but few were chosen. Everyone was called. But the ones that said yes were the ones whose heart was stirred. You see, this is a heart condition. This is a, a heart situation. So your, your gift glorifies God when you serve. And I know that today I've, one of the things that I've spoken about, I've spoken a bit about, you know, serving in church, because that's true. I mean, nothing advances the kingdom of God like the local church. Okay, so this is why I'm passionate about it. Quite, I mean, obviously, right? But the truth is you can serve God, you can serve church, you can serve your community, you can serve your family, and it makes an impact. And when people ask you, why do you do this? Why do you lay it down? Why do you serve this way? That's your door. It opens the conversation up and you say, it's all for God. It's all for Him. It's all for His glory. And isn't that really what Peter said in the first place? You remember what he was saying? He said in 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, let us use it to serve one another as good stewards of the grace of God's varied grace. Did you get that? We gotta be good stewards of God's varied grace. Use what we have to serve other people. And, and so, I mean, it's really pretty simple. This is what you need to do. Start serving somewhere 
somehow. Just, it doesn't matter what you do. It can be small, it can be big, right? Don't, don't hide in the anonymity of a crowd and say, that's fine, I'm good from here, thank you, right? No, 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 come on. Start to serve some way, somehow. Can I, can I tell you, here's a hot tip that oftentimes your gift is discovered in your service. It's like you don't really know that you're good at something until you start to do it and then you realize, oh, this, this actually seems pretty easy for me. Sometimes that's the way that we discover it. You know, at home, in my family, we all have different jobs. And one of the jobs that I give to my boys, Judah and Isaac, is I say, hey guys, I say, you gotta take the bins out. Take the bins out. And if my son Isaac or Judah, they turn around and they say, dad. I say, yes, son. He says to me, you know, the thing is, is that I just don't really feel like taking the bins out. It's just not my grace. I just don't feel like, Dad, I just don't feel like God's really gifted me in the area of taking bins out. It's not really, I don't really know if it's my calling. Do you know what I would say as a dad? I would say, are you, are you serious right now? Are you gotta be joking, right? I don't care if you're good at it or not. The job just needs to get done. So you better get that bin and get it out to the street, right? You can see what needs to be done, right? I would say that to my kids because we're a family. I think it's the same way in church and life and ministry and all these places, right? So the truth is, is that you don't always have to be gifted at something to just help Help out or serve, right? It doesn't have to be your calling every single time. But if you have a heart that's been stirred by God, you're probably one of those people that say, I'll do whatever I can and I'll take direction and I'll, I'll, I'll do it because I care about the kingdom. You just need to serve. And I hope that that is a thing that motivates you. Because remember this, when we serve, God gets all the glory. That's what Peter said. When we serve, it brings Him glory. And bringing God glory is humanity's highest priority. So we just serve, we just do it. So here's what I wanna do. I just wanna pray. And maybe, you know, it's been a funny season. You've been up, you've been down, you didn't know what to do. You haven't been able to locate the areas of your gifting or your grace, you're unsure. And you're like, oh, I'll wait, it's not the right time. Man, for some people, it's just never the right time. It's, it's just another season, let's just wait. Wait till the time is right, right? But today, there's something in the middle of this message that makes you go, you know, I, I think you're right. I can see that there's something about the Word of God that's penetrating my heart right now that says, yeah, I need to, I need to respond. I need to do something. I want to I want to help. I want to extend the kingdom of God, right? I just want to pray for you. And I'm not trying to be really practical today in 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 this prayer, but if you're listening to this message, watching this message and you say that's me, I know I've just got to get involved somehow. I've got to serve somewhere, someone somehow. Why don't you just do this? Just right now, place your hand on your heart and say, God, I want to know what it is. God's gifted you in an area. There's a grace for you. There's a grace for you. You have one spiritual gift. You don't know what it is yet, but God knows what it is. He put it in there. He's going to call it out. So Father, I pray for every single person still trying to understand how they've been uniquely gifted and graced. God, I pray that you begin to call that gift out. 
I pray, God, that You begin to open doors. I pray, God, that You start to give people revelation. Let them see what's always been easy for them, the area of their gifting, the area of their grace. And I pray, Lord, that as You reveal it to them, I pray that You give them the boldness and the courage and the tenacity to start to pursue it, God. And as they do, I know they're going to succeed, especially if they're working in their grace zone. Let them be amazing in their grace zone. I pray, Lord, that they start to extend the kingdom of God. I pray it makes a difference in the light of eternity. I pray your blessing to be upon them. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.